You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you? Yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. Welcome on in, welcome on in, welcome on in, everybody. How are you doing today? Happy Wednesday. I hope your week is off to a great start. I hope you have stocked up on some of the new no-filter holiday wine out now. We have I Always Make It Nice, and oh my God, I'm lit. The two new holiday wines, they're available now. Fizzy white wine, fizzy rosé, 13% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. Thank you guys for those of you that are, that have ordered it already and for those of you that are going to order it. Thank you for ordering. Thank you for going right now to nofilterwine.com and, and stocking up just for the holidays. Limited edition. So once they're sold out, they are sold out and gone for good. Okay? I'm good. So stock up now at nofilterwine.com. Must be 21 or older to order. Please sip responsibly. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for supporting me and supporting the wine. Well... I'm excited because we've got a great interview today. I have Teddy Mellencamp on from Two Teas in a Pod, and we talk about a lot. We talk about Jen Shaw at BravoCon. We talk about her thoughts on Salt Lake City, Potomac. We talk about her thoughts on Beverly Hills. We talk about the Fox Force 5 and the shift in their friendship. We talk about Lisa Rinna and should she be put on pause and Dorit versus Erica and the all-in controversy and Teddy appearing with her dad on Watch What Happens Live. We talk about her journey with melanoma. We get into a lot this week, so I hope you enjoy today's episode Thank you for supporting the podcast. I think you're really going to like it. This is probably one of my favorite interviews that I've done in a while. So without further ado, shall we shall we dive in to all all the latest and greatest with with Miss Miss Teddy Mellencamp? Let's do it. Some of you love her, some of you hate her a lot, but one thing she's not <laughs> afraid of being called is a twat. She's not afraid of hard work, but she'll never do your dirty work, but that's what makes her podcast one of the best. And today, I'm ready to dive all in. Please welcome a co-host of Two Teas in a Pod, the Teddy Mellencamp. Oh, I love that intro. Very impressive. I need you as like my my hype person. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I actually just got finished podcasting right now. And so I was excited to come on. And then right after this, I zip over to get a mammogram. You know, it's Uh, all the things. How are you doing with that? How is I know you've been very open about the the melanoma, um, up the melanoma cancer. And I know Tamara was just at the iHeart Awards and she was getting really emotional about that. How are you doing? What's the latest update? You know, I'm doing well. I think the the best thing is that we caught it and we just have been so diligent. I mean, now I think we're at 12 melanomas that have had to be removed. Um, We did the genetic testing. I get those results back on Thursday because that will tell us like if it's happening because of other underlying issues. And then now I'm just doing all the other, the mammogram, the things that everybody kind of overlooked during COVID because nobody was going out. Right. So it's like all of those doctor's appointments, just getting it all done so we we can make sure that we're staying ahead of it. So Tamara said, I think she revealed you've had, what, 10, 10 melanoma surgeries now. So what is, I mean, can you kind of just give us a little backstory on like what your history with, with the cancer is? And yeah. Kind of currently- um, so the backstory is I had always like, for as long as I can remember these little white spots, like in a cluster on my shoulder, I thought they were birthmarks. Like I had them that long. Um, And then Kyle says she can remember from when we started filming, they started looking a little red. Like she noticed they were changing and, and my husband would too, like, he'd be like, Oh, those, those spots. And I had a dermatologist look at it back then, but not, not scope anything. And so it was fine. They were like, oh, you know what? It looks like normal sun damage, but it is what it is. Yeah. And then about I, probably three months ago, I was on a run with Kyle and she's like, you're going to the dermatologist and you're going now. And I was like, why? And she's like, one of them has a big brown dot on it. 
it needs to happen. So that's, that's how I ended up going. I went to her dermatologist. She came with me and immediately the dermatologist was able to say, I, you know, I'm pretty sure this is melanoma. Do you want me to remove it now? Or just, you know, do a biopsy. I'm like, just get it out. Yeah. And then when I went for my three month checkup, that's when they started finding all of these additional ones. And the first one I had was just melanoma and C2, and then it continued on to stage two and all different ones. So they, I mean, the, the, the oncologist who's done all the procedures since he's like, I've never seen somebody have so many melanomas in one location. So that's why it's so important to do the genetic testing and find out if it's somewhere else in your body. And that's why this is happening. So you had the predisposition to develop uh, melanoma. And then um, I guess now it's gotten advanced. Have they been able to link like what has gotten it to progress? Is it really just, you know, genetic or is there something that you've kind of had to change in your lifestyle? I know sun often affects it too, right? Yeah. I mean, for me, I think I, oh, I mean, growing up, I I was one of those kids that this is, I had a tanning bed in my room, (laughs) you know, that it's like we grew up and our parents smoked in the car with us, driving us to school. I mean, everything was so different than it is now. Um, But even as an adult, I didn't take the world. Like I'm one of those that loves to like run and have a tank top on or a sports bra. And I put sunscreen on, but I put sunscreen on one time a day and assume it works. So, I mean, there are definitely things I could have done better that I've now had to adjust. Um, But mainly now it's just, going forward and getting checks every three months, seeing if more things come up and then getting all of the other checks to make sure that, you know, it's not linked to something else. And also making sure that all my family gets checked now Yeah, because, you know, staying proactive. Yeah. Yeah. My kids are like, you should say it's a shark bite on your shoulder because it's such a disaster back there. They're like, that'd be a really cool story, mom. Just say a shark bait. I'm like, that's all I need is to be caught lying. Right. That's all I need. I mean, and that's a very believable lie that a shark just came and bit <laughs> you on your back, right? Just a little nibble. Just a little nibble. Didn't get the arm <laughs> off, but just, you know, a couple couple dramatic slashes. Okay. So, Teddy, I did want to squash the beef with you because I was listening to Two Teas in a Pod this week, and you said that I used to be so terrible to you before. And so I did want to say, one, I know I can be a shady bitch sometimes, and I've had some shady moments in the past, but I did want to say that, like, you know, if there was ever anything that I ever said or, you know, offended you in any way, I did want to say that I'm sorry because I am a big supporter of two teas in a pod now. And I'm a big proponent of getting you back on Housewives. So <laughs> I think, you know, I did listen, the beef is squashed. I think at one point or another, everybody has said had bad things to say about me. And now that I do a podcast and have to watch all of these different shows and have my opinions, I consistently say you're only as good as last week's episode yeah. when I'm watching other cast members. Yeah. So I get it. It's hard because your job is to comment on things and to have reactions. And you're reacting to like a television show or something or a sensationalized headline in the press. And so sometimes you have a and listen, I know I can have really big, you know, opinions about certain people or certain things. I think now the only one I really drag these days is Jen Shaw. But I think it's just because she like has shown no remorse since she's like, oh, I mean, I'm frightened for her to reactivate the Twitter (laughs) after my interview we just had with Angie. Uh-huh. Um, from Salt Lake, I, I was like, Angie, you better take some deep breaths. This is going to get rough for both of us. She already calls me and Tam two pussies in a pod. So. I heard. <laughs> I heard. I, uh, who knows what's coming next? Well, she, you saw her at BravoCon, right? Weren't you in the hotel, in Tamara's hotel room when she came in to. Tamara's- yes. And so it, there was so many of us in there. It was so chaotic that we were so late to the event that we missed the red carpet at that night. Like we were just like, it was, I mean, we've got Lisa from Miami getting glam. Yeah. There's a bajillion people coming in and out. Heather's there. And then all of a sudden Jen Shaw comes in with her therapist, her jewelry broker and her security guard. She sits down in the chair. She starts getting glammed. Like we end up leaving. Like Tam for a minute was like, maybe she should come. I'm like, no, Tamara, you've already been fired once. No, <laughs> she was not invited to BravoCon. We are not, we're going, we're getting in the car. And then the best part was, is Jen Shaw was still getting glam by Tam's people. And they said that when she left, she took alcohol from the bar. Oh no. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? I mean, were you at the infamous after party that she crashed, that she said she never crashed? 
Yes. I mean, but I was such a hot mess by then. Who even knows? Like I was, I was like stirring so much crap between the girls in Dubai. I was like getting one bit of information from one. And then I'm like, so So I really, I was like, I need to to get a handle on myself with being involved in the Carolyn Brooks and uh, everybody's drama. Well, well, can you set the record straight? Because she just did a YouTube live stream where she said that the after she did not crash the after party. It was a public venue and it was open to the public. And she just walked right into the after party. I mean, I think you can use the word crashed. It's like, okay, yeah. so let's go to back to like high school days where yeah. people would have a party and you knew clearly if you were invited or not yeah. invited. And if you were not, I mean, if you were not invited and you showed up, that's considered crashing. Yeah. Yeah. Because you weren't so, invited. Yeah. You weren't invited. So it really is up to you. Yes, it was at the place where we were all put up to stay. So it's pretty obvious that that was there. Um, but she no, wasn't I don't, put up to stay there. She said she that was she, not. Yeah. She said that she rented a hotel room separately and then ended up crashing with Heather. Correct. That part, I I believe. Um, but no, I do know that she was there. And I I would say with 90% of my drunken haze <laughs> memory, she was asked to leave. Oh, she, yeah. Like, she- I, I, I think, I I feel like that was the big talk of the, the night. Ah. But I was not, I was not standing there for that yeah, conversation. Yeah. Listen, I mean, the fact, my thing is, it's like, okay, you've pled guilty. You're crying on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. You're saying that you're innocent. Like, my thing is, it's like, it's the holiday season. Spend it with your family. Be with your kids, because you're saying that that's your priority. My head is just like, the last thing I would be thinking about is going to New York for BravoCon when I was disinvited from the event, you know? And she still got her paycheck. She says that they still paid her for it, which I'm assuming is how she was even able to travel to New York is because she probably said, I'm technically paid for this event. So even though I'm disinvited, I'm still going to attend this event because I don't think she's allowed to travel out of the state unless it's it's for work. But it's just, you know, why? And then we see her on TMZ fighting with people in the streets. And I'm just like, like, just like spend time with the family. Let's not do interviews. Let's not do, go to parties. Like, let's just, you know. Well, that's where I think, you know, people do housewives for, uh, for one or two reasons, money or fame. Yeah. And I think it's clear that she wants the fame aspect of it, which most of us do. Yeah. You know, there is something in us that makes us feel like we're not good enough. So all of a sudden we're trying to get this outside validation yeah. from others and fine. But it's just that the negative energy she's putting on to every, it's everybody else's fault. You know, it's everybody else's fault that they said this or me and Tamara were liar. She didn't come to our room. We she didn't know that, you know, whatever it is. It's like at this point, you're doing the most when maybe you should focus on the things that really matter at this point. Yeah. Like, that's the last thing. Like, Erica's, I, yeah, Erica's not out at parties. Erica's not out doing a bunch of interviews. Like, and she's not even been but charged with anything. But let's also be anything. clear, Erica has not been charged with right. anything, nor is she, is there a sentencing? Right. It just was way more talked about. And I think that, that I, Angie actually said something that made a lot of sense because so many people have made the parallel. Why on Beverly yeah. Hills was there so much talk about the Erica thing? And she said, truthfully, in Salt Lake, we are the type of women that if one of our friends tells us that they didn't some, have something to do with it, we believe them until something changes. Right. And we had to believe her and have her back because that's what friends do. Right. Which you didn't necessarily see on the other end. Like that never, that never really transpired. Like everybody was jumping. Even now, Meredith and Heather Gay are like very much standing by Jen Shaw. And listen, that's their friend. I can't, you know, they they have a loyalty and, you know, a a relationship with Jen, but it's very different from the way we've seen Erica be treated on Beverly Hills. Yeah, I think, I think that's true because I think what you also have to remember until the season ends, Jin Shaw was still pleading innocent. Yeah. Innocent. So I think now once we get to the reunion and all of that comes to play. Well, Heather things- Gay was still defending her on Watch What Happens Live. What was it like? Heather last week? Gay was a freaking mess on Watch What Happens Live <laughs> saying, what did she like- say? Every time I say something out loud, like it's a it's a lie. Like if, she like pretty much said anything that I say is a lie. Yeah, because, yeah, she said that it's her trauma response, I think, was her excuse, that she just doesn't like conflict, so she'll just say that she doesn't remember something, even if it's a lie. 
Right. I mean, we all have trauma responses. I don't remember anything until like the seventh grade, but I. But also once you become aware of your trauma responses, then you like as a proactive adult, you start to take steps to like address the, the trauma so that you don't have the same pattern that you repeat that's unhealthy. Or if you're on a television show where you're, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass, write a little note every time something happens to yourself so you yeah. can remember. What do you think happened to Heather Gay's eye? Oh, I think she probably fell in the bathroom Same. trying to get it open and like bonked herself. And yeah. that was the most expression I ever saw from Meredith. It, like when she does her, <gasps> I was like, wow, there is life in there. <laughs> Are you enjoying Salt Lake this season? I feel like it's, I mean, I'm enjoying Potomac. I'm not a big Salt Lake fan this season just because it doesn't, I feel like we're not addressing the big elephant in the room, um, which is Jen Shaw and, you know, her upcoming trial. I feel like it's weird that everybody's like, let's give Jen the best room and let's take her on a vacation. Yeah, why are we all kissing her ass? Because she might, and their justifications, well, she might be facing 50 years in prison. And it's like, it's not just because a judge decided they were going to give her 50 years in prison. Like we're forgetting all of the action that led up to this potential sentencing? I think they're all just, you know, I think Jen can be a very good time. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, when she was in our room at BravoCon, there, we were laughing. There was moments I was like, wow, she's hilarious. Yeah. Because she's over the top and she's a big personality. But I, I think that it's just going to get to a point on Salt Lake where real friendships are going to have to be formed. I think, yeah. and you know, I'm going to, I think Heather and Meredith do a little of, you know, believe me, I did it myself too. do a little bit of self-producing and isn't doing them any favors. Mm. And it's okay. So explain that to me, like self-producing in what way and how can they be less produced on the show? I think that, for example, Heather was cool to be with Whitney as long as Whitney was kind of going along with her plan. Yeah. And I mean, I've said this before, and this isn't throwing shade. I think Heather is the, you know, she's the LVP of Salt Lake City. And she wants things to be her way, move in this direction. But you can see it starting to crack. I think she said this last episode, uh, you know, I'm lucky to even still get the invite on this trip. So I think she's clinging to Meredith and to Jen, and they're all just doing the best they can because at this point, real relationships are forming between Lisa Barlow and Whitney, and we're starting to get a little bit more of that. I enjoy Salt Lake. I mean, compared to some of the other shows that we watch, I I, I think that Salt Lake's good. I think we're going to see more. I didn't particularly love how the women, I don't know, put down the friends of because I think you need friends of, especially with a cast of five. Yeah. I think that's what makes Beverly Hills so great right now is you have all of these full-time women and then you have the friends of that also just kind of add variety to the show. Yeah. And it's to me when, when even Jen poured the champagne on them and Heather and Meredith trying to say it was funny, there's nothing, not one of them laughed. Not one of them even did a courtesy laugh because it was so uncomfortable. And clearly it was Jen trying to show her power over her friend that she brought on the show. Right. So, I mean, it's good. I'm way more hooked on Potomac, but yeah, Potomac is, like is Potomac's great this season. How are you feeling about Mia? Ugh, the at first I was for Mia. I was Same. like, listen, here I I'm for you. I'm with this. And Wendy was driving me bananas. I was Same. like, I'm so done with you, Wendy. Like, I don't want your entitlement. I don't want. I don't need to hear how many degrees you had. I barely graduated high school. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't care. The fact that Mia has made me a fan of Wendy. Right. Shows the level that Mia has done a complete shift. It's too much. And like, don't, I don't want one person alienated out and not being able to be like, calm your tits. Like, why would you say that she can't even come to these dinners? Like you're all on this trip being paid the same amount, you know, you're here to do a job, do the job or, or you leave. Right. And, And the job is conflict and resolution. So if we're on a cast trip and there's conflict, at some point there needs to be some sort of resolution. You can't just, you know, because now it does feel like Mean Girls. And I know people say that a lot about Beverly Hills. I disagree. But with this, it does feel like Mean Girls because you're trying to flex that this is your trip. And so you're not allowing the other women to hang out with this one other person. And so you want the whole group to isolate that one other person rather than just trying to have some sort of resolution with Wendy or at least get into a decent space and be like, hey, it's Karen's birthday weekend. Let's try to at least make it nice. Nice for Karen, you know, because Karen's actually her friend. 
Yeah, which you can see. I think that Mia is always straddling the fence a little bit. She's one of those also. She has like, you know, forgetful-itis where she can't really remember what the person said. And then it makes it sound worse than what they actually said. But I think you, the real truth is, is going to be what ends up coming out between Mia and Jacqueline, because I already think that she is treating Jacqueline. If that's your best friend from whatever, third grade or middle school, whatever it is, she's treating her like she's nothing. Like, I, I don't like that that air air of entitlement. If I personally had somebody that was like a true friend from like growing up and brought them onto a show with me, I would want to lift them up. Yeah. I would want to make them feel like they, you know, have a place. And I just don't think she's doing that. And then Candace just bam, took her down. De- like Mia's representative. I'm like, come on, Candace, we need, we need something here. And I love Candace. I loved her at BravoCon, but that was a little much for me. I'm not the biggest Robin fan, but when she brought out the speaker and she played Candace's new hit single for everybody on display, I was like, it was great. It was a great moment. I mean, this Tamara and I died. You realize that this (laughs) speaker speaker. is from a paid post and we all have it. Um, But I thought, I know Robin though is, is getting it because I tried to tag her in something and she won't, you can't even, she won't accept tags. Oh, yeah. So like, she's getting a lot of heat. I mean, I think the. So how do you, green, how do you work through girl. that as a house, as a housewife that when you get someone, she, cause you've taken a lot of heat and I feel like it's been a little unwarranted and I know people love to call you boring I I was one of the people that I have to admit today I used to say that you were boring and then in retrospect and I brought this up a few times on the podcast where I'm like what was it about Teddy that we thought was so boring she used to drive storylines so being someone that's been in Robin's position and has taken a lot of heat from people online and I love your clapbacks on Twitter you know like what like is it really just about muting all the comments and kind of tuning out or you know like how do you even process any of that because I feel like it's gotten so intense I think as long as you're being who you are, you know, as long as ultimately you feel good about the decision that you made, then you have to just tune out the comments. Like there was certain things my last season that was like, come on guys, I'm eight months pregnant. I'm showing up. I I'm doing the best that I can. I'm in another country. I can't do any of the things that anybody else can do. And I am one foot in front of the other here. Um, but there were mistakes that I made, you know, in the Bahamas the year before where I, I couldn't necessarily stand behind some of the decisions that I made and yeah. I regret some of them. And so in that moment, like I wasn't ready to accept that I made mistakes yeah. because I had this weird thing in my head, which I, I feel like the, the podcast and years of being out has taught me is like, I'm not, I don't have to be somebody for everybody. Yeah. I'm not, you know, it's okay if so-and-so doesn't like me or that this person doesn't like me. And I feel like I kind of came into my own with my voice post and now watching back, I'm like, Oh, why, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Um, and I feel like I would handle situations differently, but I also think you see what you want to see in somebody. Yeah. And if you don't see a bunch of their extra stuff, then all you see is them in conflict and you're like, Oh, they're boring. Yeah. I feel the same way about housewives when I watch them. Do you miss doing Beverly Hills at all? Um, not this season. No, <laughs> this season watching back. I'm like, whoo. I mean, there are parts that I miss the relationships with some of the women, you know, you're really with them a lot. So yeah. those relationships I loved, like some of the producers became some of my closest friends. So that kind of connection, I mean, you spend a lot of time with people, that part I miss. Um, I mean, I get just as much heat and talked about just as much doing the pod. So like, it's not about relevancy at this point. Yeah. Like it's, I get myself in enough trouble without being on a television show, but I mean, there are parts that I miss and there are parts that I'm like, wow, I get to be with my kids a lot more. I get to not have to wake up with anxiety every single day. Yeah. Like there's that. So I keep making the argument that I feel like, um, and, and people are starting to agree with me more and more because I keep kind of like pleading my case to the audience that <laughs> I feel like you and Brandy Glanville should come back to Beverly Hills next, next season. I feel like you both have such an organic and like natural history and connection to the current cast members. I mean, you're part of the Fox Force 5. So like, I feel like you coming back in, especially with it seeming like there's like a, a shift in the dynamic of the five of you guys and with Brandy kind of just always being the the one that, you know, is kind of like that truth bomb that shakes everything up. I just feel like the two of you back in the mix would be very exciting to watch. 
I mean, I, I never say never. I do think there is an aspect, whether it's me or somebody else, where that dynamic needs to shift a little bit. I think you saw it completely shift at the reunion when not one of the women got up to hug yeah. Kyle when she was having that, you know, you could tell it was hours and hours of crying. Yeah. The only person that actually hugged her was Andy. So I think we've reached a case in Beverly Hills where all of the women have gotten to a place because some of them so strongly play to the audience mm. that now there's some of those authentic friendships aren't there because if somebody is constantly, if they're, if they're reprising their personality on what Twitter is going to say about them, yes, you may get some great confessionals, some sound bites, some those types of things, but ultimately those relationships are, are shifting. And I think that's happening. You know, I don't even like to say the word Fox Force 5 because it gets so much heat, but I right. think that's happened within that group. I think a lot of stuff happened at BravoCon. I think, you know, our relationship is definitely more separated than as a, as a, that group mentality we once had. So who would you say you're the closest to from the current cast right now? Obviously Kyle. Kyle I mean, yeah. we, you know, and then I, Dorit, I talk to quite often. Um, and I mean, I still talk to Rena. I, you you know, don't talk like, to Erica. I, I do. I not as much. I mean, Erica reached out to me during my last surgery and was like, do you need me to take you? I'm here for you. You know, but it, it's been a little bit more distant. Um, why do you think that is? I mean, truthfully, uh, what Erica said about Dorit's uh, marriage at BravoCon wasn't the world's best. Yeah. Best I, thing to say. I'm like, you have a hundred. I mean, I was annoyed at Dorit at BravoCon too for calling <laughs> me the worst dress. I was like, and that was the worst dress. But I was like, I texted. I'm like, bitch, there's 137 other housewives to choose from. Right, right, right. Like you really, I, but, I get enough. Okay. You but need- but to be fair, I feel like Watch What Happens Live is such a, a challenging um, show to do because you're live and sometimes you get put on the spot. So I think to Dorit's point and even to Erica's point, sometimes you're put on the spot that like you have to act on like your first instinct. And so, you know, sometimes you were just the first person to pop in, in Dorit's mind. Please, I've done it a million <laughs> times. You walked around BravoCon and said, thousands of housewives you have the and if it Giselle. was a joke Giselle if it was, was a joke one, yeah. the, the thing I said I was I don't even remember who I said it to but the thing I was thinking like in regards to Erica and listen this is not I don't have any skin in this fight yeah. I just know that that's why our group is not the communication close, is yeah. not there as a group I'm still talking to Erica I just within that group text is it's uh minimized yeah. um but I do think if she wanted to make a joke it could have been about one of you know, she could have been like Lisa and Harry, you know, to totally yeah. make it a joke. Do you believe that it was really a joke? I believe that maybe she was meaning for it to be a joke. But I mean, like she walked up to the yeah. front of the stage and like, like she took her moment. She knew it was going to be a moment. Because some people were saying that she was just doing it to set Dorit up for a storyline next season. I don't think so. I don't think anyone's that contrived about yeah. I, I don't think so. Or that I mean, I worried th- about anybody else's storyline. No, I think you're worried. Yes, hopefully other people are going to have drama so it gets off her. But I think that then once they played the, re- you know, when you think back to the reunion and Erica telling the story about PK, right. I think there's just, there's underlying, there, there was just something, there was shade there. And whether it was a joke or not, you have same thing I said about, you yeah. know, Dorit, you have a hundred and whatever it is, 37 other housewives to yeah. choose from. I just, I love Dorit and Erica so much that I'm just like, oh, like I just started seeing Dorit's dentist, Dr. Jay Grossman, Homeless Not Toothless. And Homeless Erica, Not Toothless? Homeless, I just started seeing him and I was like, oh my God, this is Homeless Not Toothless. Like I saw the office. Um, I have an appointment with him next week. I think I have a teeth cleaning. Um, and then Erica's <laughs> just been so supportive of me that I just, you know, I love them both. And I'm like, don't, please don't be in beef because I would be so torn between the two of you guys. No, I love them both too. And I think that it, just needs to get I, I mean I've said this I want to see if I'm watching next season I want to see the peel back like yeah. I, I'm done hearing about Erica's lawsuits all, all the yeah I don't need to hear it Ronald Richards I don't oh need to hear God. it let's yeah. wait until we get to the end of this but I want to see her dating life like I yeah. want to see the 
what's really going on. Yeah. Like her, you know, even the therapy appointment this past year, yeah. I thought that was a good piece because you could see some of like what she's really going through instead of being on the defense all the time. Yeah. And I think when it comes to Dorit, I think so much of this year, she was, you know, she was really battling having that trauma that we didn't really see the, Dorit. I miss messy Dorit. Yeah. Like, I want to see that again. Like the one that's just wants to, do you, Get in there. Do you think that that was part of the trauma that she was going through? Or do you think that it was also maybe part of the reaction that she got from social media? Because in her first season, when she joined Housewives, she got a lot of heat in those earlier seasons and people didn't really like her. And I feel like they were a little hard on her. Do you think that when the audience is a lot harder on you, you kind of peel back a bit and you maybe are a little more reserved? I think that's the, that's the issue with, with Twitter fans. I think because they're so loud. I mean, granted, Instagram, there's way more love. There's way more kindness or way, whatever, but like Twitter is so loud. And if yeah. they're mad at you, they're mad at you. And I think Dorit endured, what was it? Five or six years. Yeah. just. And so then she got the one year reprieve where she, people were starting to come around. And then I think she just was like, yeah. you know, like this was nice. Yeah, right. somebody else have it's a nice turn to not get beat up every season yeah so i mean yeah. but i i hope that there's a happy medium yeah and i hope that like when fans watch the show they can watch it with with knowing like we are watching this for the highs the lows the drama right. the the you know the dorit calling camille a stupid c-u-n-t <laughs> like all of those things like <laughs> yeah you can't listen twitter is is ruthless and toothless like i can't with twitter they're <laughs> literally the worst and speaking of like twitter trolls i know you've had your fair share of of, of hot takes on ronald richards i feel like him and i are always kind of getting into it because i just feel like he operates in this place of like speculation he loves to fan you know the way the the heat waves and kind of just like stir things up just to have attention i mean I mean, when you have to self-verify your own Twitter account and then promote your own tweets so that more people see them, Ugh. that's everything. I mean, I think also it, it's to the point where I, I hate it. We get a breakdown before we do the podcast and it's yeah. like housewife headlines and then I'll click on it. And it's like always has to do yeah. with something with Ronald Richards. And I'm like, I feel weird even reading this because there's no real basis to anything that he said. It's right. not like we're t any like in my opinion, any real established, incredible lawyer is not tweeting. No. Leave that to messy housewives. Like, please. Like, if you are really taking the victim seriously, you're not out there tweeting no. and trying to make he's, yourself known about the he's situation. He's making such a joke of the victims. And that's the hardest part is he wants to position himself as like, I'm fighting for the underdog. And it's the complete opposite. You can look at his client history. You can look at the way that he used to treat Taylor Armstrong when he was representing Russell during yeah. their divorce back in the day. I mean, it's just, it, it's ridiculous. And he posts these things like the... The earrings. So I actually want your take. So he originally said he was going to buy the Girardi Pasadena estate and made a big public declaration and said, I'm going to buy the house. I'm going to turn it into a museum. And then he quietly withdrew his, you know, his, his bid on the house. And then now the earrings are up for auction. And so he's claiming that he's going to bid those earrings up because he wants to buy them for his wife because his wife has endured so much of Erica's heat that she deserves the earrings. Do you actually I think, think the wife gonna... was like a fan? of Erica. Oh, I think they're the like wife is not innocent. She used to come in my comments and drag me and she used to call me nut Zach and all of this stuff. And she used to like try to defend her husband all the time because I would call him out for his his bogus speculation. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, Ron, your wife wants to play. Let's let's talk about the wife. And then that's when all of a sudden he's like, can you please not talk about my wife? She doesn't want to be involved in this. But she's behind the scenes. And I get where she was provoking Erica because she used to provoke me too and go in the comments. So I don't think that she's all that innocent and deserving of these, you know, earrings from the Reslin patients. I, I mean, I'll believe that he buys the earrings when I see them in the on her ears, ears. Yeah. Like until then, please. I, I the, the second he, I don't, I don't even want to say this guy by name, but the second that he even aligned with the guy that was supposedly going to be at the reunion. Oh yeah. Uh, like you're, Anything you say really means nothing to me anymore. Like oh, yeah. you've gone to that level. Like, nah. oh yeah, no, I received threatening emails from both of them. Like it was insane. They were just talking about want fame. They, they want fame they are, and attention. They yeah. want fame and attention. And 
you know what? I mean, we're talking about them right now. So kudos, yeah. guys. Kudos to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are What's your relationship like with Crystal right now? Because I know you guys used to be friends. So we've always been friendly. We are in the same friend group. Um, our kids like would do dance class together, those types of things. But we were never, I was never one of her like fancy friends. So like she has two sets. She has like the friends that are our, that our kids are all the same age. And we did mommy and me and kind of came up that way together. But now our kids are older and they're all at different schools mm. and it's different. It's different than when they're toddlers and you go to music classes and do these things every day. So I still see her. We don't have any issues. And I thought it was pretty cool at BravoCon. She came up to me. I was having lunch with um, my producers from the podcast or it was dinner. And, uh, Crystal was sitting, you know, over, the, over in the corner and she came, she came up to me. She's like, listen, I know whatever you got to do, whatever you got to say, that's your job. I'm not going to be mad at you. And, you know, and I was like, and same goes with me. Like I am commenting on how I feel and what yeah. I'm watching. And I was always your supporter. When she came on the show, I was happy. She got the job. I was the one that referred her. I was thrilled that she did it. And I just wish she would show a little bit more of what I see in her as a person, yeah. as a housewife. And then I think that we could get, we could, we could see more sides. Yeah. No, I, you know. I agree. I was the biggest fan and supporter of her, her first season. And I really didn't get critical of her until this most recent reunion, which ended up getting me blocked by her. But I was like, but again, like, as you know, like our job is to comment. And if somebody's yeah. not, if somebody, if we don't like somebody's performance on a reality show, it's not reflective of them as a human being. But, you know, I just, I thought at the reunion, she really bombed. Yeah, I think I think it's it's hard when you are when you when you have the perfectionist aspect to you and you want to make sure that you're right and you want to make sure that that then it's a hard to see outside of yourself and I think that was and I, I think there were part, parts this year where she kind of she just took it and I yeah. and I and I realized being new with the group but now now we're enough time into it. Yeah. Where you know, so you're not one of the 14 friends that dropped her. No, I am. No, that's like, that's the fancy group. That, that's not us. <laughs> so do you feel any conflict being that Crystal and Kyle have kind of become adversaries? No, I don't think that they, I knew from the beginning, they weren't probably going to head it off. <laughs> it, I, is Kyle too fancy for Crystal? No, Crystal likes, Kyle's not fancy at all. Like Kyle off the show, so chill, laid back. And so here's the thing, Crystal is too. Like she's the one that like comes over. I always tease her. She wears like these same khaki shorts and her button down and she'll dance funny. Like she, in real life, she doesn't take herself so seriously, yeah. which makes her very charming and fun. And she, when she lets her guard down that side of it. But um, I, I, I think when she was showing like, you know, that she has to have the, you know, I think Kyle can admit when she's making mistakes a little yeah. bit or like, oh, I really stepped in it there. I was wrong there. Shoot. Now watching that back, that wasn't great. But Crystal kind of doubles down on yeah. her, her. And name. I think that comes to bite her back in the butt. Cause I've heard from people that she is really down to earth and fun. And I'm just like, I wish we got to see more of that side of Crystal on the show. Cause I really enjoyed her when she first came on in her first season, even when she was like, not afraid to go toe to toe with Sutton. Like, I think, you know, she just brought, you know, a more real side of her. Whereas this most recent season, I feel like there was just a little bit of a guard up and she was kind of a little more on the defense the entire season. Yeah. I think, I think that's what happens and hope, you know, and then it'll either go either way. Then she'll completely pull back or she'll come in guns blazing. So it's like, you never, you never really know if she were to be on next year. So do you think Rena needs a pause? I do. I think that Rena, th this is the, ultimately the problem. If Rena was Ashley Darby and had her phone on in that sprinter van, yeah. At the end, of the, we would have a completely different season. But I think the fact anytime, and you can remember back to, um, I mean, this gives me PTSD even thinking about back to Lucy, Juicy, Apple, yeah. Juicy, whatever the hell her name was. Anything that happens off camera, just the hate that you get. And then your way of trying yeah. to like climb your way out of the hate is, is problematic. Yeah. Um, do I, 
I, you know, I would hope that if she stays on and she's there, that we see a little bit of a distance between her and Erica. So we can see them both as individuals. And then I think we could start to see different sides of both of them. I'm not saying they should have a falling out. I'm just saying, I think a little bit of separation there. The same way I would say that when I was on, people would say, gosh, it's too much. You and Kyle, Kyle, you you and Kyle, you and Kyle. And yes, you can be best friends, but there are moments where you can let that best friend speak for themselves. I agree. Now watching it back, I'm like, wow, I guess I didn't really need to jump in there. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes I feel like you feel protective of your friends. You kind of want to jump in just to have their back and, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I, you know, mainly if Renna stayed off social media this year, I think it probably would have been better for her. But I do think that Renna was also going through a tough year. Yeah. I think something, she witnessed something that made her really upset. And she's someone that is, you know, you either have two personalities. You're either one that like sits back and stews and thinks about something, or you just have that immediate gut reaction. And she's, she is, she's like that. You piss off that donkey and it's going to kick out at you. Yeah. And listen, grief can fuck with you. Like your head, your emotions, your rationale, like it can really mess with you to the point where, you know, you really don't see rationale. Like you are kind of just like caught up in your own, you know, your own emotions and sometimes the best way for you to lash out, maybe not the healthiest or best, but the the only way you know how to lash out is by, you know, taking it out on other people. Yeah. But I think if it wasn't for that, then also we would have had a, I mean, we can't have have been such a boring. Yeah. It would have not have a full season of like, you know, Every, the the other the other side of the couch kissing each other's asses right. like being besties no matter what happens like it's not gonna work yeah so we do have some listener questions that people sent in for you um, okay Norma wants to know how the kids are doing and if now doing the podcast if this gives you a lot more time than when you were on the reality show you know the kids are doing great they are I mean I'm so happy they're back in regular school and everything's I mean life is relatively more back to normal. Um, and yeah, I mean, I do have more time with them and I I do appreciate that extra time because I didn't think they really remembered it, but they were like, mom, you used to have to go out a lot, you know, like you're out a lot at night, but the kids are great and they're fun. And we're kind of out of that hard stage with Dove. And we're like, we're like, welcome to the family. We want to be around you more. (laughs) So yeah, they're good. So do you enjoy doing the podcast more than you did doing Beverly Hills. It's I different. Say they're two totally yeah. different. Th- I mean, look, like I'm here. I was able to walk my kids to the bus this morning, come back, do my podcast with Tamara. I mean, I'm paid to watch television for a living. Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> like there are worse jobs. I mean, we do three yeah. or four a week. Like we, they, I mean, the fact that we hit over, you know, whatever it was, 3 million downloads last month, like we, it's good. So wait, but, can, can you confirm whether or not you guys are the top Bravo podcast? I know Brandy's up there. And then I know the Green Eyed Bandits also like to say that theirs is no, like the number of one. Of course, we're the top Bravo podcast. But um, this is what's confusing about the algorithm. If you go to the top episodes, yeah. then from each week, you'll see it down. And like, you know, nine times out of 10, we get number one, you know, bop, yeah. bop, bop, bop. But then sometimes you'll go to top shows. And if it's a new show that just launched yes. or anything like that, the algorithm pushes always them up to the top. to the top. Yes. I so always even try- when you see Bethany, it's like yes. we keep we keep topping her in the charts, but then she'll be on a higher show. And I'm like, what is going on here? And they're like, her show just dropped. So ultimately she'll she gets be prioritized. Yeah. Yeah. She'll get prioritized. So whatever that algorithm is, but no, I mean, if, if you go to the weekly episodes and you look at the numbers, we're top, we're top every week. Yeah. It's a lot. It's easy for a new podcast to break into the top 100 because that that's what gets the priority because they get new new subscribers, new listeners, and new Comments, reviews. All the yeah. Sense, yeah, the reviews really make a big impact. I know you guys get beaten up in the reviews. I get beaten up in the reviews all the fucking time. <laughs> and I'm just like, up. and all it is, it's like worst podcast ever. You know, Fox Force Five payroll, and I'm just like, you guys, like, fuck. If you don't like my show, then fuck off. Like, I'm. I- I, at this point, I just like lean into it. I'm yeah. like, let's go. Whatever. Like, yeah. What you, Whatever. Yeah. You know, Teddy, why do you have, I'm like, I can't do anything right from like my hand movement yeah. to talk. I'm like, it is what it is, but obviously we're doing enough right to get that to get, many yeah. listeners. So I'm like, 
Let's go. Yeah, I'm like people either I either get like, you know, hardcore love or like scathing hate. But I'm like, that's how you know you're doing your job right, because you're invoking such strong reactions out of people rather than than being vanilla and kind of just like, you know, floating in the wind. Yeah, I mean, it was like bad enough that I was uh, my last beat up, I think, was after Watch What Happens Live with the reviews. Mm. People were like, or not the reviews, the ratings. And I'm like, listen, I got higher ratings than anybody else on this day and time and i'm not even on a show and family karma was the lead up so like we gotta no yeah you're i was looking at the reviews because somebody said oh my god teddy got the teddy got such terrible reviews on watch robin's live and then i looked at everybody else's is uh viewership for that week and i was like teddy got the strongest views (laughs) that week and you're right you're not on a show right now and you're yeah and it's whatever lead up into Watch What Happens right. Live is. But it was just a moment. I'm like, do I defend myself? And then I'm like, Teddy, stop. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know. And then I know, like, I'll look at the engagement. I'm like, I see the engagement on Twitter. I see all of it. I'm doing my job. Yeah. It is what it is. I can't be like, no, if you actually check back to what Heather's was, right. mine What? please stop you're one of the top trending non-housewife housewives that still continues to get people talking and yet they people love to say that you're so boring i'm like then why don't you guys stop talking about her i mean i must be polarizingly (laughs) boring because they can't get enough of talking shit about me (laughs) um sultan wants to know who is the first housewife that comes to mind that you think has overstayed her welcome First housewife that comes to mind that is on any franchise. Any franchise, yeah. I mean, I would personally love Beverly Hills, but if you want to pick any franchise, I'll let you pick any franchise. Overstayed her welcome. I mean, I I'll just go to Beverly Hills, and it's only been one season, but I don't need to see Diana again. Yeah, I feel like she really fell flat. I feel like I really liked her. Yeah. When I met her, but she was something else on the show, and I don't need to. I don't need to see it. I feel like off the show, it's a different type different. of person. And I feel like people, she's a lot more likable in person, but on the show, it just didn't land and she just didn't connect. Which goes to my theory. If you're so rich, yeah. don't go on the housewives. Like you really, if it. you are so over the top rich that you can sue anybody that you want, you can do this. <laughs> you, you are going to not deliver in the way that somebody that's a little bit thirsty is going to deliver. Yeah. I mean, think about the different type of Erica we got once she was in this predicament than when she was before. Yeah. Like you got to be a little hungry to be a good housewife. Yeah. The best of them are hungry, a little thirsty. I mean, (laughs) listen, unless you're unless you want to die of dehydration, you have to take a glass of water. And sometimes (laughs) when you're a little dehydrated, you need to really take a glass of water. And I think that's when we see the housewives really thrive and shine. I also think that's why Brandy Glanville was always so good. Yeah, I think Brandy was, but I think what ultimately ended up happening with Brandy was she just didn't have a relationship with anybody on the cast anymore. But I think she does now. Yeah. I think she's built those, you know, relationships. I also know that the year that she wasn't allowed to come on to the reunion, last minute, we were all like, what? Now she can't tell her side of the story. It was a whole thing. So I think, you know, relationships were formed even more in that moment because we all expected to see her there over Zoom. Yeah. But, and then she was gone. Yeah, and I know she's got beef with Sutton that she wants to hash out. Oh my gosh, I did the Google alerts I got from after she was on our pod. I'm like, she actually texted me this morning, me and Tam. She's like, guys, I forgot how mean everybody is. I was like, welcome to two T's on a pod. I'm like making friends daily. Right. Oh my God. So, and you're not a big fan of Sutton either, right? I actually am fine with Sutton. Um, I wish... Sutton was the way that she is in her confessionals to your face in scene Mm -hmm. because I think she gives good confessionals I think she's funny I think she's she shows it all and so then in like my jaded mind I'm like she fed those lines like she have her glam team there helping her you know that's where I go to because I'm like in scene she shuts down yeah I want to see that or bring that same type of energy she gives great confessionals her shade is great like all of it I think is great and I think she has a lot to bring I just think socially she can come off a little awkward and so she kind of just buckles when she's quirky for sure but like when you have like an Erica or a Rinna like they come hard that it's like you know I can see her kind of just shut down 
yeah, you can see that she shuts down, but she also, you know, isn't afraid to throw it out there. Yeah. But then you got to. You got to keep, yeah, you got to keep the ball in the air. Going. But I don't have, I, I saw her at BravoCon. I was actually, I went over to her. I'm like, are you going to do two teas in a pod? And she's like, oh, aren't we fighting? You know, and then we, she sat down and she's like, I always liked you, Teddy. Da, 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 da. You know, like we had a nice conversation. I'm open to, to getting to know Sutton differently. I didn't really have the opportunity to yeah. her first season on. And, you know, it was, it is what it is. I just need to see, I, I need to see that friendship dynamic change as well. With Sutton? Yes. I need to see this. I, I needed a little, like the blind loyalty between Sutton and Garcelle is just as strong as the blind loyalty Erica between and Lisa, Renna and yeah. Erica. Yeah, like there, it is the same to me. Yeah. And Dorit and Kyle. And no, I don't think so. Really? I don't think I, yes, I think they can have it, but I didn't see that blind loyalty from Dorit to Kyle at the reunion. That's true. Yeah. Or during the, the season or in Aspen. I don't, I think Dorit. Or in Aspen, yeah. yeah. I think it, I think when, if Dorit feels a certain way, she will pull back and do whatever she wants to do. But I think the only people that could have potentially stood up for Kyle at the reunion, that it would have made a difference. It, Dorit or Erica or Rena, I don't think it would have, it would have taken Garcelle or Sutton or even Crystal to like have Kyle's back in some capacity. Yeah. And you could tell they were all squirming in their seats. Yeah. Aaron D wants to know what your biggest regret is from doing the show. My biggest regret is um, not showing the full text messages um, during the Vanderpump dog stuff. What didn't you show? Oh, because it ultimately made it look like you were lying, right? Yeah. And I mean, listen, I was completely complicit in going along with the scheme, but I cropped the text messages because it broke the fourth wall. Mm. Because I said, I'm only going to film this if the dog is here. Yeah. So I cropped that part, trying not to break the fourth wall. Granted, I had shown Dorit and Kyle the full text messages, but production never told me to crop it. I just was like, well, I don't want to share. Yeah. Maybe it was to cover my own ass. I don't know. In hindsight, I should have just shown them as is and been like, yeah, I didn't particularly like Dorit and LVP and her team wanted me to come along and do it. And I went for it. Yeah. So- that was a mistake. Do you think there's any opportunity for there to be resolution with LVP? We we talked. I think we're fine. I mean, I no longer am in a play. I, I didn't see LVP before the show. I don't see her after the show. I bumped, randomly bumped into her because we were with some of the Vanderpump Rules people after the MTV Awards and we went to... Is it Tom Tom? Shoot. I don't know if it was Tom Tom or the new place. Schwartz but and either Sandy's. way. Yeah. We were at one of those places and she was there. And I asked Ken, I said, should I say hi to her or should I just ignore the situation? He's like, I think she would appreciate a hello. So I did. I was very nice. That's good. As nice as I can be. (laughs) Um, Sadie (laughs) Jones wants to know, uh, do you feel since doing two teas in a pod, you've become more popular and are people seeing a different side of you rather than what we saw since Beverly Hills? I think, I mean, my husband and I talked about this a little bit he's like, you just come more into your own skin. Like you've gotten more comfortable speaking in public. He's like, when you first came on, I I mean, we all, I've said it a little bit um, on my pod, but like when I first came on the show, Edwin and I were like going through a really tough time. Um, Not during my audition tapes, but like afterwards that we were going through a rough patch. And I just remember going into the show. I didn't know anybody. And I just was in autopilot. And I just was really kind of trying to figure it out. And by the time I figured it out, like everything that was going on in my personal life, which I probably should have just let play out on television, but I just didn't, I was just hanging on to everything. That's why I cried all the time. Like (laughs) so emotional because it had nothing to do with anything than the crap that I was going on, was going on at home. And um, yeah, so I think we talk about it now and he's like, no, you're so much more open now. You were so concerned that you were going to say something or do something and it was going to hurt your life that you didn't actually let people see you. Yeah. And now, I mean, I say everything on the pod. I'm like, <laughs> this is, this is it. You know, this is who I am. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. No one's perfect. So 
Let's go for it. I also feel like with a podcast, like when you're on a reality show that's an ensemble show, you're going to have people that are going to be diehard one person that may not like you. So you're going to get a lot more heat. Whereas with a podcast, like you have to really be interested in the host and interested in what they're saying in order to listen to a full hour of their podcast. So I think people that will tune into the podcast will give you, you know, a little bit more of a, you know, an open ear or an open, you know, an open heart to kind of give you some space to get to know you a little better and to get to like you, give you a little space to kind of, you know, form an opinion of you. Whereas on a reality show, we see what, seven minutes of you a week and it's with all these other people. And sometimes you have favorites. And so you, when you have a favorite, you dislike the rest, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of it, which people have gotten to know through, through the pod, through my comments on, on Twitter or Instagram, whatever it may be, is like, I can be quite self-deprecating. Yeah. And I think when you see it on the show, sometimes it came off because the other one would be like, Oh, don't say that about yourself. Like they weren't getting that. I was making fun of myself. Right. So then it like would put me on this weird defense. Like I, guys, yeah, we can laugh at ourselves. Right, like, right, no, right. I don't own a Birkin yet. Or, you know, like yeah. this is, I borrowed this from so don't say that. Don't say on the show, you borrowed this. I'm like, I didn't have very much <laughs> money when I started the show. Of course I borrowed it. Right. Oh, you didn't glam much for a season. No crap. I'm barely making any money. Like, <laughs> Second season, I did. Like, what do you mean? I haven't changed. I just have more money. No, you you brought up your husband. Can you clarify? Because some people were saying that Dorit's home invasion, that the alarm system was installed by your husband. And so people like to make that connection that, you know, there's an issue with his company. Uh, people love to do that. Um, no, it wasn't one of Edwin's alarm systems. And I believe that Dorit has publicly said whatever alarm system she did have was not turned on. Yeah. But it wasn't, people just want to assume that we're like out to get everybody. But no, I mean, my husband's the biggest home automation and security company out of all of Brink's dealers. Like he's, he's huge and all across the United States employs so many people, does so much good work. And you know, people just want to look for something and it's heartbreaking that it happened, but there's things to be learned from something like that. Like, yes, it normally happens during that time of night. Yes. It normally happens the higher you are up in the Hills because it's further away from a main street, you know, all of those different things. It could have been a learning opportunity, but people just are so quick to attack that then you can't even really talk about it. And if you have an alarm, set it. Yeah. And I feel like they give Mauricio like the same type of heat. They love to kind of just grill the husbands and their businesses based off of their impression of the housewives on the shows. Yeah, which, listen, we're all a reflection of each other on the, yeah. the partners that we choose or the people that we, you know, end up being friends with. But we all have good and bad moments. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to think that anybody does. And it really depends on what's going on in your housewife world on what you're going to see in that home life aspect. Yeah. And there are some moments where like the husbands are just phoning it in. <laughs> like we may, you know, I remember like being real pumped up about something. And I was like, really hoping that Edwin was like, going to give it to this scene was never shown, but I was like, really? And he was like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, no, you <laughs> but in real life, I don't really talk shit about my friends to my husband. Like, right, 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 not, right. I have friends to do that too. Right. <laughs> uh, last question comes from Heather Rogers, and she wants to know if there are any of your dad's songs that get on your nerves. There's no songs that really get on my nerves. I mean, there's songs that get on his nerves. Yeah. Like he after watch what happens live, which you could tell he that's like so not his thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, afterwards he texted me. He's like, oh, I look. So, he's like, you look happy and full of life and scared of what I'm going to say. And he's like, I look bored and red. <laughs> he's like, and every song you said that you love of mine is from like 20 years ago. Thank you. I've done like 25 albums since. No, but I'm stuck a little bit in the past. Like I love the, yeah. like, I love the eighties hits, but I, that's on me. Like my workout lists are eighties and nineties. Yeah. Like I, that's that's who I am. It was nice seeing you both on Watch What Happens Live. A lot of people are like, why was Teddy so uncomfortable with her dad being on Watch What Happens Live? I was like, I think anybody would be uncomfortable if their dad who doesn't normally do interviews or their parent just who normally doesn't do interviews is on live television with them. And he's the type where if I would have, if I would have pushed him too much, he could have fully shut down. Yeah. So I was like, I've got to come in here. This is something we're doing together. It's our first interview we've ever done together, other than when I interviewed him for extra. And this is a show that like, 
I, I, I did what I had to do. Yes. There were parts for me watching. I was like, cringe, but there were parts that I was like, I'll have that moment forever. Like yeah. us singing paper moon together. I know that him and Andy really enjoyed each other. I mean, Andy even texted me first afterwards, which I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, well, I was at dinner and my dad's like, play it cool. Don't respond right away. <laughs> play in demand. Hard to get. It's like play hard to it. get. He it. made me change before we went out to dinner afterwards. He's like, I can't believe you show so much leg. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. Line. They want the leg. <laughs> right? You could own it. You looked great um, at the, the MTV awards too. I know people give you a lot of shit for that. Oh, God forbid I have cellulite. Woo! Right? They like you if you they don't like you if you're too fake and they don't like you if you're too real. Yeah. Can't win. You, you can't you can't win them all over. But the all that I can do is be as authentic as I possibly can. And that's gonna be good some days. It's gonna be annoying as fuck others. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Teddy. Everyone needs to go. If you're not already subscribed, go and subscribe to Two Teas in a Pod with iHeartRadio. Anything else you wanna you wanna pimp out before we wrap? No, I mean I wouldn't say pimping out, but I would say that if you're in a situation right now, no matter if you're going through any medical hardships or you're in a place where you're like, I just want to feel better, come check us out over at All In. Um, I'm in a situation right now where I am really needing to be held accountable just to feeling my best one foot in front of the other. It's never too late to go forward as a pace. And uh, so go check us out over at go all in by Teddy as well. And all in is an, it's an accountability program. Cause a lot of people it's, like to say, that Oh yeah. There's yeah, this, I yeah. think you used to come at me back then for that stuff, but uh, all in has truly been the only thing that has ever worked for me to change my life. I, um, because I was one of those people that loved to say I was going to do something and then never did it. Yeah. So it's, it's designed to each personalized person on their goals. So whether your goal is, you know what, I've been sedentary and I just want to start walking, or I don't know how to grocery shop, or I want to feed myself and my family, whatever your personal goals are, we will hold you accountable. Whereas your friends or your husband or your partner or your parents are like, I'm sick of hearing you say the same crap over and right. over again and not do anything to change it. And so if you invest in yourself, ultimately it works. I mean, and that's it what it is. For me. It's an investment in yourself, you know, and I, for me, like I have to have one of my neighbors in my building. We are accountability buddies when we go to the gym. And so we make sure we get up and hit the gym together because if it's just on the days when it's just me, sometimes I'm like, oh, and I lag an extra 50 minutes. But if I have somebody that I know that I'm meeting there or just somebody that I know I have to be accountable to, to show up, that helps me stay on track with my goals and the things that I want. And I'm somebody that used to struggle with eating disorders and used to have a lot of really bad body dysmorphia. And I've gotten on the other side of that and I'm in a really healthy place. And so I can even say that accountability and just having somebody that can, you know, just kind of give you that little nudge that you need sometimes because sometimes personal accountability is really hard getting out of bed. Um, You know, it's helpful. And I think that also, you know, something that people don't talk about it that much, but a lot of people think, oh, I want to get healthier. I want to do that. I'm going to skip eating. I'm going to not do that. Like, this is like, no, no. Like you are we are shopping, we're doing nutritious foods, we are filling our bodies, and we're learning how to properly take care of ourselves. Because what I mean, I knew my pattern, I would be like, well, I'm not, I'm just not going to eat. And then I'd pull through McDonald's, and I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna have egg and cheese biscuit, cinnamon, cinnamon roll, like I just ate all the things and none of it that actually made me feel good. I felt lethargic and just, you know, not not like myself. And ultimately, that's what all is about. Whatever's ultimately going to make you feel your best so that you can take care of yourself and others in your best possible way. I love it. There you guys go. All in by Teddy and two T's in a bot, two T's in a pod. (laughs) Two two T's in a bot. Two T's in a bot. I mean, listen, you got two T's and you can get a bot. You can help, you know, keep your bot feeling great with all in. Oh, you know, well, I, speaking of feeling great, um, I, I'm expecting my I'm lit package to arrive. It's soon. coming this week. I okay. literally have all the packages set up right here in front of me with all the cards. I was writing them out last night. So all the packages will be going out this week. You are on the list. You will be getting some all in or not some all in some I'm lit wine. So you can get lit this <laughs> holiday season. All right. We'll do a collab uh, yes. drinking wine and uh, taking walks. Time. All right. Yes. Thank you so much. I love it. Thank you, Teddy. Bye. Bye. Oh, thank you so much, Teddy. I really, really appreciate it. That was a great interview. I had such a blast with Teddy. Guys, go and support. I know her all-in uh, program has caught in a lot of heat for like saying that it's 
promoting eating disorders. I don't think that that is the case at all. I'm somebody that struggled with eating disorders in the past. I went into treatment. I've done therapy. You know, I've come out on the other side and I don't, I've even had like, you know, nutritionists and legal experts on this podcast that have also weighed in on this as well. So I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I think, you know, people that want to be, you know, more accountable in their life. I think that, you know, listen, it's not like she's telling people what they have to do. If you don't want to join her program, you don't have to join her program, but it seems like a great program that's worked for a lot of people. And a lot of people from what I've seen have had success with it. So you know what? Kadoos to you, Teddy. Kadoos to you. And the program's available if people want it. And it's not if people don't want it. And that's really all it comes down to. And I appreciate you guys for always coming with an open an open ear and an open heart and, and taking every guest that comes on No Filter. And I just wanted to thank you guys for another 12 months. Wow, I can't believe we're already wrapping up the year. We're almost done with 2022, everybody. And it's been it's been a wild ride. Thank you guys for supporting the wine at nofilterwine.com. We have the holiday collection that is out right now and it's selling fast. So stock up before it's gone. It's great for a holiday shindig. It's great for your reality TV obsessed bestie. If you want to buy her or him something this holiday season, a cute little treat, you can get some at nofilterwine.com. 13% alcohol by volume. So you will get Lady City, but less than a gram of sugar. So you won't have that gnarly wine headache tomorrow. It's also great if you're like, listen, I decorated, I cooked, I made it nice. I made my apartment nice. I made the house nice then you can sit back, sip some some unlit rosé, and enjoy your night watching like some Housewives or something. Thank you, guys. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach if you want to keep up with me. You can follow the podcast for all the latest reality TVT at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the like button on your way out and stay tuned because there's going to be a lot more great guests and tea to be spilled before we wrap up 2022. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Ciao for now. Love you. Mean it. Bye.